2: Jake Ajero vero I, I guess I hope I'm saying that right. It's kind of been the pronunciation I've gone with here in the last couple of weeks. He was the first outside-the-building interview. Bubba Ventrone was the first overall interview. And then um, Vero was second. And it sounds like he will be coming in for a second interview with the Colts to get a little bit more background on him. We head to the Payless Slickers Hotline. Nick Kosmider from The Athletic joins us. Nick, I guess let's start there. And by the way, thank you for the time, especially early on this Thursday morning. Um, am I saying that right? Ejero Evero? Um, Ejero Evero, um, Evero is sort of how we've come to know
1: that his name is pronounced. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it took it took us all out here um, uh, just a, a little bit to get that right. But, yeah, Ejero Evero, um, you know, his players and, and fellow coaches called him e um so that that that's oftentimes what he went with was coach e but uh yeah that, that's that's the pronunciation
0: how about e squared extra syllable there i need
1: <laughs> there you to throw in for yeah, the last name you guys could you guys could um if he ends up out there you could kind of uh help him help him get that marketed and uh, get rolling on that
0: nick when it comes to coordinators i i always get a little bit fascinated by this that are coaching candidates You know, it's probably tough for some of us to sit there and look at it and know how much of, like, the X's and O's they're coming up with, you know, that kind of thing. Do you believe that he's a candidate because Indianapolis and other franchises, for that matter, really see him as, like, an X's and O's game plan schematic type whiz? Or is it more so being able to assess just overall leadership, confidence, and rallying guys type ability?
1: Yeah, I think it's um I think that's a the great question and you know I, I think it starts the basic foundation of it right is that he you know he kind of runs this this too high safety defense that you're seeing a lot now um, in the NFL that that was sort of that Vic Fangio um, was the godfather of and um, you know e. Ijero Everett worked for Vic Fangio and, and has a just kind of a really impressive um, lineage of coaches that he has worked for right Monty Kiffin. Dom Capers, Vic Fangio, um, you know, Wade Phillips, uh, Raheem Morris—some uh, of some of the, you know, kind of the great defensive minds of the last you know 20, 25 years. Uh, Evero has gleaned from these guys, so I think that's some of the first things that you see is okay. This this guy has this tree that he's gained a lot. Um, they looked at the performance with, with Denver. Um, you know, it was their best season defensively. Um, since that great 2015 Super Bowl team uh, and the defense that they had. And, um, and so I, I think that that's sort of where it starts, the evaluation. But um, I'll tell you guys, I've, I've covered the, the Broncos for, for five seasons, I've covered the Nuggets for three seasons before that. Um, I don't think I've been as impressed with an assistant coordinator or assistant coach slash coordinator um, in my time doing this than, more so than I was. Um, with Evero. Uh, he's just very direct in his communication um, you know he doesn't you know guys know what they're getting with him um, he's accountable um, you know the, the first one to point out uh, mistakes that he makes in the team room which which really i think galvanized players um, a lot sort of helped him build that trust early um, so he, so he's a really big relationship relationship builder um, you know kind of across the building and i think it says something that you know this is a guy that was part of you know something of a of a train wreck overall for the Broncos, right? A five and twelve season that that ended with you know uh, the head coach, who, Nathaniel Hackett, who was a good friend of Everose, getting fired after 15 games, and yet you know every single team in this cycle uh, requested an interview with him because I think the the, the defensive performance, to your point, but also um, he's I think becoming well known as a guy who is. Um, you know, a a really good leader and, and, you know, really resonates with players.
2: Yeah. I mean, only one year as a coordinator of the NFL, Um, something has to stand out outside of that. And boy, it does seem like he's very impressive. I went back, watched a couple of press conferences and, and you're struck by that certainly from him. Again, Nick Kosmider is with us here from the athletic Um, Majero Evero is the Colts head coaching candidate coming in for a second interview. We're getting a little bit more insight into him. Uh, I know maybe this isn't the number one most important thing from a head coaching standpoint, but he ran a, kind of a 3-4 scheme. Is that correct with Denver?
1: Yeah, he did. Um, yep, again, so sort of that 3-4 that, um, scheme with, um, you know, with the two high safety look. He had a pair of veteran safeties in and, and Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. But I, but I think one of the things that I noted, um, you know, with him and talking to some of the players after the year is guys who have had good seasons in this league felt like they – they developed quite a bit under under Evero uh, and Justin Simmons is a perfect example, right? This is a guy who has been an All Pro. He's one of the best safeties uh, in the NFL. Well, he, he set a new career high this year with six interceptions, and that was despite missing five games. Um, you know, he he said he just that, that Evero kind of um, really helped him see a game the a game and the game in a new way. Um, you know, just sort of felt like he it simplified things a lot for him and, and allowed him to be in places to make to make more plays. And so, you know, you see a guy that's already had success, um, you know, sort of say, hey, this just opened up a whole new, a whole new avenue for me. Um, you know, obviously helped Pat Sertan, um, the great young cornerback, um, become a unanimous all-pro here in his second season. Um, so I, I think that was the other part of it. Guys had some of their best career years individually, uh, under his guidance.
2: Yeah, and again, I point that out. Colts have been a 4-3 scheme in the Chris Ballard era, so um, it would be a, quite a defensive change. And again, um, Evero could be a defensive coordinator because there's no guarantee, obviously, he returns to Denver with the firing of Nathaniel Hackett and that staff. As far as that opening is concerned, um, was he a realistic candidate? And you know, does it appear the national chatter of David Shaw and Sean Payton as the favorites? Are you hearing that as well?
1: Well, I think that you know that he was offered the interim job um, when Nathaniel Hackett was fired, and and he turned down that opportunity. I think largely out of again loyalty to to Hackett. The two were you know were college teammates. Um, you know have been you know best friends for for years, and so that was something of a unique situation. And, and I think that that might ultimately um, you know kind of create it, not what I want to say a division here, but that might be what ultimately has him looking. Um, for other opportunities, even if he doesn't land a head coaching job. Um, but here I, I think, you know, it's been a very interesting search here. Uh, the, the Broncos last year, you know, that they, they were kind of like the Colts. They interviewed 10 candidates. Um, they were very public about who they were interviewing and when, you know, covering a lot of their search on on social media. This year, um, with a new ownership group in place and a much tighter um, coaching circle, I think only three um, three uh, people are involved in the search committee um, there's been a lot less a lot less information that has sort of leaked out. I, I think at this point um, Damico Ryans is a guy that I think that the people should really kind of keep an eye on. again the Broncos haven't scheduled any second interviews um, known second interviews to this point um, and and he's a guy that can't be talked to until after Sunday's NFC championship game um, you know so there's some dot connecting going on there. you mentioned David Shaw there's a lot of connections. Um, with this ownership group um, and Stanford, right? Uh, Greg Penner, the CEO, and his wife, Carrie Walton Penner, were both, uh, you know, went to graduate school there, have been on boards at Stanford. Uh, Condoleezza Rice, who is a limited shareholder in this ownership group and is part of his search committee, um, knows David Shaw very well. So, so that, that has kind of been, um, you know, a, a name that people are kind of looking at here as well. And, and, and Peyton, until, until he actually chooses what he's going to do, it, it seems like everywhere he's kind of a guy outside of Indianapolis. Um, where you say m- maybe he's going to end up there. So it's, it's, it's been an interesting ride. Uh, you try to get every little drop of information uh, that, that you can, but uh, hopefully we'll know soon.
0: Nick Kosmider is our guest. He's on the Payless Sugars Hotline. He is a Broncos writer for The Athletic out in Denver. Nick, when you look at, you know, realistically, the team that we're talking about here and the team that you're covering there – uh, are kind of in similar situations because you're watching these other AFC teams with promising young quarterbacks and you're wondering where the lane is going to open up for you. Who is more screwed at quarterback? The Colts that are going to have to start from scratch or the Broncos that are going to have to hope that Russell Wilson can reinvent himself?
1: Well, I've commiserated with my colleague who you guys know well, Zach Kiefer, out there in Indianapolis. We, we've sort of shared notes as the season has gone on. Um, uh, of course, the, the Colts came out here uh, in week five, uh played that just
0: ugly Thursday night game. Horrible. My eyes are bleeding. Uh, the game bleeding. that broke Al Michaels, yes. <laughs> Scars on <laughs> my eyes.
2: Michaels,
1: shall it forever be known? Um, you know that that's a great question. I mean everything that the Broncos sort of do this offseason, um that that's that's sort of the number one question is can they can they fix Russell Wilson? The the the, the hope against hope uh here in Denver is that his first season in a Broncos uniform, um, you know, was an anomaly. And and right now, given that he was fired after 15 games and it was the worst offense um, the Broncos have had in years, um, it's sort of, you know, kind of invoked to pin it all on on Nathaniel Hackett, right? Um, You know, especially when you look at, hey, the last two games, the Broncos averaged 28 points. Um, They had a more kind of, you know, cogent offensive game plan, you know, built on the run and play action, and maybe you get a, a veteran coach in here that that can kind of rein Wilson in and, and and create just sort of a more logical game plan, you know, it's going to have to be shown, Um, you know, Wilson, I I think there's some obvious declining mobility. And if he can't bounce back in a, in a, in a pretty real way, I don't think he's ever going to be a top, you know, eight guy that that you sort of paid for. I think at this point they got to settle for him being maybe a top 15 to, to 18 quarterback and continue to have a good defense. Um, but but the, the book is out. If, if Russell Wilson looks like 2022 Russell Wilson again, it's going to go down as one of the worst trades in league history because you're not getting any you know you're not getting anything close to the value that you gave up in order to get him. And because of the contract extension that he signed last September, it also is going to really pinch your salary cap if he's not actually the answer at the position. So it remains to be seen. I, I think the, the benefit of the Colts, right, is that you you get to keep trying things There there's 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 sort of that that you know optimistic possibility that you're going to get it going to get it right um but uh yeah I, I think both teams have have major concerns and it's a hold your breath kind of off season at the at the most position most important position in sports
2: Nick we only have about 30 or 45 seconds left is Pate Manning involved at all with input on this head coaching search
1: to our knowledge no um which, which to me is kind of is kind of a surprise he was a guy that you know, this ownership group kind of got to know early on. I wrote after their embarrassing loss on Christmas Day um, in in uh, Los Angeles that this team needs to see about Peyton Manning's interest in having a, a significant role. We know he lives in Denver. Um, you know, he's expressed. You guys know he's sort of – we don't can't really pin him down about what his future plans are with this league, but you know he's going to continue to be involved. Uh, but to this point, um, there's we, there's no kind of known knowledge of uh, Peyton Manning being involved in this. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's he's been talked to in some way behind the scenes. But as of right now, he has no um, you know real official role with it.
0: Nick, we're up against it, but never forget the Broncos have yet to win a Super Bowl with a quarterback that wasn't drafted by the Colts. Appreciate the time, man. <laughs> Enjoy it. All right. Thanks, Thanks Nick. Appreciate it.